0: Oh, come on. Well, open up your Bibles. Luke 20, Luke 20. We are cruising. I don't know about you, this Gospel of Luke, to me, it's just been fire. I mean, fire is not some boring book. It's not some lifeless story. It is the Gospel, the good news of Jesus and of salvation. And it has been incredible. Can we just... Thank the Lord. This, this Bible, like anyone is like, convinced that the Bible is just some dead, lifeless, you know, ancient text that's full of dust. No, it is the living Word of God. And I just want to encourage us to get excited. Get excited about what God is doing in us, all by the power of His Spirit, but also by the power of His Word. So here we go, chapter 20, verse 1. Follow with me. We get up on the screen. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, The chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. And this is what they said to Jesus. Tell us by what authority you are doing these things. They said, who gave you this authority? All right, to recap, we finally made it to Jerusalem, right? This epic journey from Galilee to Jerusalem. He's made that triumphal entry that we usually celebrate on Palm Sunday, where the People, remember this last week, Mary talked about this, the people were welcoming him, they're putting down cloaks, they're waving the branches, they're shouting Hosanna, he's on the donkey. If you remember last week too, he wept over the city, he also went into that temple, he's driving out the people, selling in the temple, and I want you to think of it this way, the intensity is picking up. In fact, like if this was a movie, this is not when you'd go on your bathroom break, this is not when you'd get your refill of popcorn, no, like this is an intense moment. In fact, we know that this is called the Passion Week, have you ever heard that before? This is a uh, the, the very, very, very intense week. And in today's passage, now he's in the temple, and uh, actually in the temple courts, and he's teaching these people. I've actually been to the temple courts, and I got a couple of pictures. I want to show you the first picture here. This is me. Now, the temple courts, the temple's no longer there. Now there's a mosque there, and there's also a shrine up there. That's uh, uh, the shrine that's there. This is what else I found at the temple. I found kittens at the temple courts. Like, how cool is that? Like, oh, look at those little kittens hanging out up there in Jerusalem. Well, what happened? So here we are, Jesus in the temple court sharing the good news. I want you to think about these characters. Three characters are introduced. or three groups of characters. It's the teachers, it's the chief priests, and the elders. The teachers of the law, the chief priests, and the elders. And they ask this question. They go, who has given you the authority to do these things? Now, as men who do not see Jesus as Messiah, who do not recognize Jesus as King, of course they're going to ask this question. Like, what are you doing? Because, church, again, look at what he is doing. He, he just had the audacity to cleanse the temple in Luke 19. He's uh, now teaching in the temple courts. And so these leaders of that system who are kind of in control and running that system, so to speak, they come in, they question him, who has given you this authority and again it's fascinating to me to see that it is these three groups of characters these chief priests these teachers of the law and these elders who question him because that whole journey that went from Galilee all the way down to Jerusalem from somewhere in the middle of Luke chapter 9 through Luke 19 before he even begins that journey in 922 if you remember what does he say he's predicting his death and he says The son of man, Jesus says, the son of man must suffer many things. Check it, church. He he says, and be rejected by who? The elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. There they are. And he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. So we made it. We're there. The scene is set. The moment's come. This is happening. It's the week of Jesus' crucifixion. We're in the temple courts just like Jesus predicted. Here's these religious leaders. And they're rejecting His authority. They are rejecting Him as Messiah. They are rejecting Him as King. I mean, they would never ask this question if they believed that Jesus was Messiah. They they would never ask that question. No, they have rejected Him. And even looking for ways to kill Him, as you read in chapter 19 of Luke. And and then Jesus now replies to their question. And what does He say? Verse 3, He says, Well, I'm also going to ask you a question. Tell me. John's baptism. You know, John the Baptist out there baptizing people was it from heaven so was it from god or was it of human origin was it of god or was it of man and, and by the way that's a great question to ask right and so they start discussing amongst themselves or simon and they're like man like, what do we do like if we say from heaven like if we say it's from god like yeah it was a baptism of god well then we're in trouble because jesus is going to be like well why didn't you believe him Right? Why didn't, if you thought he was from God, then why didn't you believe him? But then if we say of human origin, like he's just some crazy guy out in the water dunking people, all the people, they're going to stone us. Why are they going to stone us? Because they all think that John is a prophet. So these religious leaders are what you and I would call stuck between a rock and a hard place. They got a dilemma on their hands. And I think they just come up with a really terrible answer. <laughs> they say in verse 7, we don't know where it was from. Which, by the way, is a complete lie. Uh, but Jesus says, you know what, <laughs> if that's your answer, if that's your response to me, well then, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. I want you to feel that, church. The intensity is picking up. And, and again, you've got to understand and get in context of, where we're at in the point of the story. This isn't day one of Jesus' ministry, right? This isn't day one of His earthly ministry. So please don't take this encounter out of context. Remember where we are, which is, again, the temple courts. Remember when we are, which is the final days of Jesus' earthly ministry. And then you've got to remember who's at the scene. we got Jesus and we got the religious leaders. By this point in His ministry, I think that Jesus has proven Himself as Messiah. I mean, he's got three years under his belt of teaching, of preaching, of performing signs, miracles, wonders. I mean, he's even raised people back to life. And with the unwillingness of these religious leaders to answer Jesus' question, I think they're showing their true colors. They're showing their hypocrisy. And you can tell, in, in my opinion, you can just tell Jesus is done, like he's done. No more teachings, no more debate. You have heard, you have seen the Messiah. It is now time for you to believe and to receive what you have been given, or it is time for you to reject me as king. And I stand before you today say that is such an important word for us. In twenty twenty-one. Because we have heard and seen the Messiah. And it's time for each of us to believe and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, or to reject Him. Or to reject Him. You know, with technology, smartphones, computers, all that kind of stuff. The good news of Jesus is out there like never before. Right? And I was even thinking this week with that pandemic and all the churches having to grow in their streaming capabilities. The message is out there like never before. Praise the Lord. And yeah, I get it. There's still people who haven't heard the good news. Even with all the technology, there's still people in your life right now who haven't heard. In fact, I was sharing with a guy a couple of months ago about the good news. And he goes, man, I would, someone would have told me this in school. And then he thought about it. Goes, well, I guess they wouldn't have taught me in school. But anyways, even though that's true, even though there's still people who haven't heard the good news, in my encounters, and my meetings with people, Many, by the way, who aren't part of LifeSpring, but many of those people who I meet with, they have heard of Jesus. They've maybe even said yes to Jesus at some point in their life. And yet, in that moment, when I am meeting with them face to face, I'll begin to realize, whoa, even though this person has heard of Jesus, even though they say that they know Jesus, this person is not following Jesus. They have rejected the idea of Following Jesus. Now ultimately, praise the Lord, only God knows their heart. I am not their judge. He is their judge. But come on, let's make this clear. To be a Christian, to receive Jesus, is to be a Christ follower. Someone who not only knows about Him, like the religious leaders, guess what? They knew about Him. But where you have received Him into your life, at such a level such an extent where you follow him in fact we just read this in our daily reading plan in the book of acts that paul remember this paul was known as being a member of followers of the way followers of the way church early believers they were known as followers of the way you and i we are followers of the way we are followers of Jesus. We believe in Jesus. We receive Jesus as what? As the way, the truth, and the life that no one comes to the Father except through Him. Christians follow Jesus, meaning we are someone who believes in the name of Jesus, but not just intellectually believing in Him, but where our belief in Him develops a trust in Him that actually affects our daily lives, where we put to our faith and we follow Him. It's a belief that influences our life. So you and I, we're, we're no longer just kind of charting our own course, doing whatever our heart desires. No. we got to rise on Jesus. We're followers of the way. Morning till night, every situation, every decision, we're following Jesus. It's a belief that demands action. Think of it this way. It's one thing to believe in seatbelts. It's a whole other thing. To have belief actually influence you to where you're going to trust in that seatbelt. And where you're going to trust in that seatbelt so much that you're going to what? Start wearing that seatbelt. It's a belief that is influencing your choices, your actions. Christians, Christ followers, we have a belief in Jesus that affects our choices and You don't say, yeah, you know, I believe in Jesus and then remain the same. No, it's a belief that changes everything. You hear me say that all the time. Say it with me. Jesus changes everything. Say it again. Jesus changes everything. And yet, often, I sit with people who have a knowledge of Jesus. They have some level of understanding of Jesus. And yet, they have rejected the idea of their believing or their trusting in Jesus to such an extent that it would influence, alter, change in any way their daily choices and decisions. I see it all the time. Just like the religious leaders, they don't want Jesus messing with their lives. They don't want Jesus messing with their lives. You've got to remember, at the most simplistic level, again, the religious leaders believed in Jesus. They believed that He existed like they believed Jesus was real, like I believe seatbelts are real. They saw Him with their own two eyes. That's not the issue. Can we just get over that? That's not the issue. They see Jesus. But it wasn't a belief that brought salvation. It wasn't a saving belief. It wasn't a belief in Jesus as Lord and Savior. No, 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 no. They radically rejected Jesus at that level. And any change that Jesus was wanting to bring to their lives, they radically rejected. And again, 2021. You don't have to look too far, do you? Many people still in our society, in our culture, are rejecting Jesus in much the same way. Now the good news is still the good news. Praise the Lord. Come on. You can turn. Even right now, if you've been trying to defend a lifestyle that goes contrary to Jesus and the teachings of His kingdom, if you've been kind of stiff-necked and stubborn with it all, defending wrong choices... Defending the wrong music, watching the wrong shows, dating the wrong people. Well, hey, guess what? We have all been there. I mean, we could share hours and hours of stories. We have all been there. You're not the first person who's ever tried to justify or to defend terrible decisions and choices. We've all done it. But the good news is that you can repent. The good news is that by God's grace and mercy, you can turn from all of it. You can turn right now, even as I'm speaking. If you're online, wherever you're watching this from, right now, you can say no more. You can say, you know what? I'm done. I'm tired of justifying my sinful ways any longer. I'm tired of trying to find some YouTube video that's going to tell me I'm doing the right thing. I'm just done. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm done. No more. You can say that right now. I'm done. No more. I want to live a clean life. I want a joy-filled life, an abundant life. You can repent and receive that today. That's how good the good news is. You can, right now, put your belief in Jesus. And it's a belief that changes everything. It changes attitudes, it changes hearts, it changes minds, it changes words, it changes actions. And you can begin to walk out a whole, healthy, clean, godly, healed life in Jesus. But again, that is a decision that is left up to you and you alone. By the way, now that you know the good news about Jesus, <laughs> you can't plead ignorance when you die and face your maker. You can't just say, well, I didn't you. you can't say, well, no one ever told me. I ruined that for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus is revealing himself to you today. Again, wherever you're watching this from, Jesus is revealing himself to you today. So what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? I was was thinking about it this week. You and I, again, we live in a society where almost anything, and it feels like everything is legal. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I just You can do almost anything your heart desires. We're in a culture that says, and actually really is passionate about this, do what makes you what? Happy. Do what makes you happy. And you know what? Don't be confused. What matters most in your life? now that you're happy. Now, I'm a nice guy, and I want you to be happy. I mean, that sounds great. And let's write a song about it where you clap a hard rhythm that no one can follow and we'll sing, I'm so happy. Like, wonderful. I I love it. But what matters most is not your happiness. What matters most is that you radically put your faith and trust in Jesus and follow Him and Him alone as the way of the truth the and life and that no one comes to the Father except through Him. What matters most is that you, more than anything, are laser-focused on following the Lord. And you've got to hear this. Even if your society is giving you permission to do one thing, if society is saying, yeah, it's okay to watch that, or it's okay to listen to that, or it's okay to do that, I'm telling you, if the Lord is saying something else, when you got a decision to make, you obey the Lord because you do not want to be in a place where you stand before God and you reject Messiah. So, you got to think about it all, church. I got to think about it all. I mean, everything. You got to think about your actions, your choices. You got to be thinking about what you're focusing on, what you're meditating upon, your life, what you're consuming, what you're eating, what you're drinking. You got to think about your sexuality. Did you know that your sexuality matters to God? Did you also know that your body is supposed to be a temple of God? So, how you use your body, it matters allowing into your heart what you're allowing into your mind what you're allowing to teach you and to lead you it all matters and yes the pull of the world is strong it's viciously strong the pull of the enemy is strong it's so strong because his passion is for your destruction he hates you the passion of your flesh i get it it's strong but isn't there something inside of us that just wants to shout to the world that I'm tired of living for these short, momentary, temporary glimpses of happiness that in the long run, long run continue to lead to depression, to heartbreak, to sorrow that are leading me to death and destruction. And it's not just affecting me, but it's affecting everyone around me. If there's just something within you that wants to shout out, enough is enough. You put a stake in the ground. You say, my body? No, you ain't touching my body. It's a temple of God. It's a place where the Spirit of God dwells. And so I set apart my body to be a sanctuary. A healthy, whole sanctuary. I received Jesus into my body. I received the power of the Holy Spirit into my body. For every... Part of my body, anyone else getting excited, where every part of my body, uh, where my belief in Jesus will forever influence my actions, my choices, where I'm not again chasing after some temporary fleeting happiness that's here today and gone tomorrow, but I want to be walking in everlasting, unspeakable joy. If that's resonating with anybody else today, I hope you are willing to receive him today. The religious leaders, they rejected. How about you? I want to finish our time together by reading the next verses. He transitions from this rejection of the religious leaders right into this parable. And it is so powerful in light of what we were just talking about. Listen to this parable. You've heard it before. Verse 9. He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard. He rented it to some farmers. He went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants, they beat him. They sent him away empty-handed. Well, he sends another servant. But that one they also beat. They treated shamefully, and they sent him away empty-handed. Well, he sends a third, and they wounded him. They threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard says, What shall I do? I will send my son, whom I love. whom, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But then the tenants saw him. They talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come, he will kill those tenants, and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. Jesus looked directly at them. Man, what that must be like to have Jesus lock eyes with you. And what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. I don't have time to go into all the details there. But Jesus is that son. He will be rejected. He will be killed. But he's also declaring that he's the son who's the cornerstone. That's still true today, right? We sing some songs about Jesus being our cornerstone. He's still the cornerstone. And because he's that cornerstone, think about it this way everything in your life is going to be influenced by what you decide about the cornerstone. Tracking with me how important the cornerstone is for your life? And will you decide to build your life upon the cornerstone? Or will you try to avoid it, or circumvent it, or ignore it? But I'm telling you today, you've heard about the cornerstone today. You can't ignore it any longer. You can't ignore him. You can try. But He has made His way into your, into your atmosphere today. Jesus is here. Like you'd have to run out of here with your hands over your ears and start screaming not to hear the name of Jesus. Jesus, the cornerstone, has made Himself known today. What are you going to do about it? Because what you decide about Jesus, it influences everything. It influences Your marriage, it influences how you treat your spouse. It influences your parenting. It affects how you talk to your kids. It's going to influence your job. It's going to affect you as an employer, but also as an employee. What you think about Jesus, how you're building your life on the cornerstone of Jesus, it's going to affect your schooling. It's going to affect your friendships. It's going to affect everything. See, you have been confronted with the reality of Jesus. Like Jesus is in front of you, and what are you going to do? He is the Son of God who was killed. He is the cornerstone that the builders rejected. He is the one who has the authority to cleanse the temple, to preach the good news in its courts. And what you decide, what I decide about the knowledge that we have been given about Jesus, it is now going to affect your life forever. I don't really care what's gone on before this moment. But this moment has the opportunity to change your life forever. I'm not even talking about what bad you have or how long you've been a Christian. I'm talking about in this moment, will you reject Him or will you receive Him? The teachers of the law, they are confronted with the reality of Jesus. They see Him with their own eyes. And what does verse 19 say? It says, they looked for a way to arrest Him immediately. They're confronted with Jesus. And their hardened hearts only grew Harder. Does anyone else feel that warning today? Like, well, maybe they just didn't know about Jesus. Or maybe they didn't hear the... No, they saw Him with their own eyes. And their hardened hearts only became harder. I've been repenting so much lately. It's going to get really hard to get through this. Because God has been wrecking me in the best of ways. There's a scripture that says it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. And out of God's kindness, out of how much He adores me and it me and loves me, He has given me the last couple of weeks to be able to just repent. And what I've seen so clearly is that repentance, it is making room in my heart for God's presence to move. For His indwelling presence of His Holy Spirit to be activated and unleashed. It's been so good, church. I've, I've been able to receive in a fresh way, in a new way, where I let go of what was and instead I embrace what is. And what is is simply a good God. A God who is good, who wants to overflow in my life by the power of His Spirit. Jesus, He wants to be the cornerstone of my life, who changes everything. And so I've just been practicing as much as I know how, just practicing waiting on the Lord radically, as much as I know how, radically receiving Him, receiving His teachings, receiving His presence, receiving His power, receiving the gifts of the Spirit. But then you know what happens when you get into that posture of receiving? Guess what happens? Your flesh begins to rise up. Has anyone else ever tried to receive from the Lord? I'm just going to spend time with the Lord. And the minute you say, I'm going to spend time with the Lord, what's the first thing that pops in your head? I got it through the laundry. Anybody else just, I'm gonna receive from the Lord, I'm gonna receive from the Lord, and oh that's right, I got bills to pay. Sometimes it's even worse than that. You in a posture to receive from the Lord, and then have you ever had just the lies of the enemy begin to speak over you in that moment? That's scary stuff. Or doubts and fears, desires, worries, they kind of all flood in, they all begin to creep in. Church, that's when we gotta we gotta truly believe is, is he who is in me greater than he who is in the world or not? I believe he is. I believe he is, and that's when you just say, No, 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 actually, no. No. I am not here to feed my flesh. No, and, you know, as powerful as the world's pole feels, as powerful as the enemy's opposition feels, as powerful as my flesh feels, I'm here actually to live by the power of the Spirit. And so, Spirit of the Living God falls fresh on me. And I'm telling you, these last two weeks, I've been happy, Dan. I, I wasn't even trying to be happy, but boy have I been happy because the Spirit has fallen fresh on me. <sighs> yeah, you can clap. It's good to have a happy pastor. I'd rather have a happy one than a grumpy one. Church, <gasps> I... I some of us need to learn again how to receive Jesus. I really am so happy today that we would fully receive the Holy Spirit. Again, like, we get so hung up as Christians. I'm not even talking theologically, like, whether He's already inside of you or not. Like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, does He even feel welcomed in you? Instead of being an intruder in your life, it's the ruler of your life. You can tweet that. It is good. <laughs> the ruler of your life. Because God, by the way, newsflash, He has plans for you. He is so for you. He loves you. He made you. And He doesn't want any of us trying to do any of the plans He has for us by our own power. That is foolish. Have you ever tried that before? You just, boom, right on your face. Like, I've done that too many times. He wants to help us. He wants to strengthen us all by the power of His Spirit. But we got to learn. I just feel this is a word for us. Some of us got to learn how to receive again. There's a great line in Acts chapter 3. It's Peter, it's crazy because he's actually speaking pretty closely to probably where Jesus is, somewhere up in the temple court area. And listen to what he says. He says simply this. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, praise the Lord. But look at this promise, church. Look at this promise. Do we got it up on the screen? Repent and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Let's say it together. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Say it one more time. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That's powerful. So when we repent, we're making room to receive from God. We're making room to receive a true time of refreshing that what comes in the presence of the Holy Spirit? Anybody need a time of refreshing from the Lord? I put this on Facebook, hoping that thousands would come today. Because I think our whole world needs a refreshing from the Lord. I love the way Paul, put, you've heard this before, Ephesians 5.18. He said, get filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The idea, you've heard this, is not the idea of just like 1980 was filled. No, absolutely. It's continual, daily, consistently being filled with the Spirit. Ongoing feeling of the Spirit. Yes, 1982 was awesome. But what about this Sunday? What about February 21st? Are you going to have an awesome time with the Lord today? Yes, I get that He baptized you with the Spirit. But don't you think that it might be time for Him to come upon you again in power, in glory, to move in you and through you. To be filled with Spirit the Spirit, that through your daily actions, your daily choices, I'm speaking to me as, as I'm speaking to anybody else, that you are choosing intentionally to walk in a matter where you are not gratifying the desires of your flesh. By the way, when we say that, it always sounds so terrible. But I'm just talking about just your flesh, just who you are, <laughs> unsubmitted to God. We always make flesh like I killed somebody. No, I'm just talking about... Going left when God said go right. Right? Can we just get past that? Instead of going left and just kind of gratifying those desires of, well, I want to go left. Instead, you go right. Daily you say, I want to walk by your spirit. I want to be filled with your spirit and I want to walk by your spirit. Receiving from your Lord, I'm receiving from your Lord. I'm receiving. When was the last time you said that to Jesus? When no, one was walking, when no. looking looking. just I receive from your Lord. How could I do this day without receiving from your Lord? I receive from your Lord because I got a transformed heart, I got a renewed mind, and I, I'm just going to receive from your Lord. And I believe that in my innermost being, rivers of life are just going to begin to flow. By the way, that's what Jesus says in John chapter seven. Whoever believes in me, out of his heart will what flow? Living water, rivers of living water, rivers of living water. That Spirit is what he's talking about, right? The Holy Spirit begins to flow within you like rivers of living water. And here I am, and I I just want to make clear and simple and concise as possible. If any of you feel like that living water has become more of a trickle than a rushing river, Church, if that's any of you today, Would you do something bold for me? Would you stand right where you are? If you're hungry for more of the Lord, if you're hungry for a true time of refreshing, would you stand, would you receive from the Lord? Jesus is so for you. Yes, people have said wounding things over you. They have spoken venom over you, toxic venom over you, but God does not speak that over your life today. He speaks a better word your life because of his son. Jesus loves you. He is so much in love with you. He is so for you. He loves you so much that when he went to heaven, he goes, i got to go to heaven so I can ask my Father to send you another counselor, to send you a helper, to send you the Holy Spirit. Not to come upon you every once in a while, but to walk with you, to live inside of you. The tabernacle is no longer somewhere over there. The tabernacle is inside of us. That's what Jesus wants for you. He loves you, church. He loves you. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. I, I just pray this. I'm going to pray in just a second. But as you're standing, just begin to receive from the Lord that He would give you times of refreshing. If you're not a Christian, I'd say it simply this way. Receive Jesus. Receive Jesus. Repent. And all your sins will be blotted out. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Say, Jesus, I receive you as Lord, and I receive you as Savior, and you will be born again, transformed. Your life will never be the same. And I'm telling you, you will completely agree with me that Jesus changes everything. But here, if you're a Christian, and most of us in this room, we're Christians. We're Christians. We're followers of the way. Well, there's something powerful about hearing that, like in the atmosphere. We're followers of the way. Amen. If you're a Christian today... with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Some of you long for a time of refreshing. Receive. 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 This isn't about the person that about the person on your left or your right. It's not about your spouse if you came with your spouse or your friend. If you came with your friend, this is about you, you, and the Lord. When you stand before the Lord, you're not going to be able to stand before Him in committee. Come on. Let His Spirit refresh your soul today. Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. If you're watching online, just you type it in like I receive. I receive. Just make that bold move. Declare to the world: I receive. I receive that. We, we would not reject Jesus. We would not reject the move of His Spirit any longer. But we'd receive. Receive His power. Receive His gift. Open your hands. Some of you just got to put your hands up. Some of you, you got to get active in your face. You got to break through. You got to have some boxes in your face. And maybe you just got to put your hands out and say, God, I receive. I receive. I receive, I accept you in my life. I am tired of being God, telling you what to do. I want you to be God and tell me what to do. For your glory and your kingdom, God, may your power fall on me, fresh in this moment, that I would be used for your kingdom. Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. Some of you, you know it's this. It's got to go from head knowledge to heart knowledge have been intellectualizing your way into the kingdom and that will never work. God doesn't just want your brain. He wants all of you. He wants you. Give your life to Jesus. Let him move. Let him move. Let him move. Again, some of us as Christians, I saw this image so clearly earlier this week. The Lord had a sledgehammer. And there was stuff that was growing that felt like concrete in your gut. And the Lord said, Not today. Not today. I'm breaking through. I'm breaking through. Not today. That stronghold, it is broken in the name of Jesus. His son died for that, his son paid the price for that. Make room for the Lord. Make room for the Lord. Let him. I I just felt this for you guys. You guys are powerful. I love this church. I adore you. I love you. But I saw it with my own eyes. I saw you being influencers in your schools, in your place of employment, in your family. I saw your kids coming back to Jesus. And they didn't come back to Jesus. They came back to Jesus. They saw fruit in your life. They saw the goodness of God in your life. They said, how could I ignore Jesus? He longed. My, my dad. They a new being. It's like a new way of being human. Salvation is coming to your house today. Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. I just want to pray for you. Again, some of you just gotta be in that posture of receiving. Put your hand out. It's just Holy Spirit, right now, do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, do what only. You can do. Pray right now, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. We know in the Bible we're told John said that Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer. So if Jesus, you're the. Say in the name of Jesus. Be baptized. We say in the name of Jesus, be filled. We say in the name of Jesus, receive. In the name Jesus, this is what we do. Just do it right up in the name of Jesus. May your Holy Spirit fall fresh on this place. Fall fresh on this place. Lord, Jesus, how to receive. Lord, I'm limiting you again and again and again, and I'm so sorry. I repeat, Lord, of how I've limited you. But God, you are an unlimited God. You are an unlimited God. You are the God of the impossible. You're, God, I have put you in such a box. I repent of the box I have put you in. You are a limitless God. Why not in my time make salvation come to this region? Lord, I for, forgive me, Lord. I have put you in a box, that made me blow off this place, and the glory of the Lord would be known in Pacific North West. Hallelujah. Receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. Uh, uh, Prayer team, if you could get up there real quick. We're going to have prayer available. We're going to sing this song. Again, as you stand, just receive from the Lord whatever you've got to do. Because I'm just telling you, He wants to refresh your soul. He wants to make your heart happy. He wants to give you something new. He wants to give you new things to think about. He wants to give you new things to listen to. He wants to give you new things to watch. He wants to radically transform every part of your life where he's not just some box to be checked, but he is your. Life. I just pray this over you. Receive in this moment. Receiving this moment. Receiving this moment. Receiving this moment. A fresh wind. Fresh fire. Fresh wind. Fresh fire. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. having breathing problems today. The Lord wants to heal you of your breathing problems today. That you feel the restriction in your lungs. And the Lord wants to breathe and just open up the capacity of your lungs to breathe in full air. Receive that healing from the Lord today. Receive that from the Lord today. That you can breathe easy in His presence. I just see Him washing over you. Just heal in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hit will make room for hard when you've been going to a lot of church services your whole life because we can just kind of say how this is going to go and then the other hard part is you have a pastor who's always my main motto is don't be weird I'm always trying not to be weird and yet I've been just so convicted of that lately Because then I made the mistake of reading the Bible. There's some weird stuff in there. I don't even know if I want some of that to ever happen. But I realize I, I limit God in many ways. That there's a resistance. There's a resistance that comes from a really sweet place. Love people and I don't want to turn anyone off, but it's a resistance sometimes to what God wants them to do. And God told me a couple weeks ago, I said, But what about them? He said, Dan, yeah, I love them, I got them, I'll take care of them. You just let me finish. a moment of refreshing in the Lord where I became a little more undignified. And I opened up my heart. I said, God, I got one time on this merry-go-round. No way am I wasting it for anything but you and your glory. So if you need to make it weird in my life, make it weird. I just began to been so happy since that day. And I just encourage some of you, I don't know what's going on, but I know that we all have that that resistance, that boulder, that wall where we just come up to it and we're like, no, not today. And I think there's a sweet presence of the Lord here today. And would you just let corners? some of that in today and if he wants you to shake and shake if he wants you to speak in other languages you speak in other languages and I don't know where you're watching this from but just wherever that is in your room in your living room in your car in your bedroom just let him minister to you let him minister a minute. He loves you. He understands your fears. He understands your worries. He understands how much those words hurt. He understands your wounding. But he's here to restore your soul. He wants to breathe. his refreshing. And it hurts. And I understand your hurts. I'm the God who cares. Your cares to he cares for you church he cares for you church his radical love is for you today but stop rejecting him stop resisting him and again even that can come from a good place but some of us gotta be set free from trying to be good some of got to be set free from being good. They've got to be set free from just trying to be a nice person. And to be radically set free to be a vessel used by God. Oh, do you feel that? I feel it it's refreshing. It's just refreshing. Something is breaking even in this room right now. It's a refreshing. I, I feel the wind. Oh, Lord. Something is breaking in this room even now raking for it for new heights and new measures and new levels of faith you're you're doing something here lord not just for this moment but for the next you're you're doing something here lord not just for our present but for our future do you feel that church thank you god thank you lord thank you jesus thank you lord for breathing in and breathing out in the very presence